This is episode M, Motherhood Communities. This is AS4 Adversity, a podcast about navigating the obstacles in life. Thanks for joining us this season as we talk about how a community can help. I'm Jen. And I'm Rachel. We're here to be a part of your community this year as we learn together. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I had an interview all lined up with Mountain Mike's Pizza, and then it fell through. So I was kind of scrambling, trying to think of an idea of what to do for this episode. And sometimes when you're in the thick of it, it's just hard to think of an idea. I feel like when there's no pressure, it's a lot easier to come up with ideas. I bet you can relate. So I asked my co-host, Rachel, and she's like, oh, marriage, motherhood, duh, so many things could be discussed with those topics. So I decided to hone in on motherhood and just the communities that we find and need in that circumstance. It was also fitting because last Sunday I was at a family barbecue and one of the family members had on a necklace that had an elephant and she explained that her husband gave it to her and she turned to her husband and had him explain why that gift was significant. It wasn't because she liked elephants or was really into zoo animals. It was a different reason entirely. And he explained that elephants are a matriarchal society. And I had never really heard of that or considered it. And it's also kind of fun to think about with the Barbie movie having come out recently and just femininity and all those things. I do believe that the pendulum swings both ways. And I wouldn't consider myself a feminist per se, but I really do love being a woman and just my identity as a mother and a woman and a wife. So back to elephants, I wanted to read a bit more about this. So I found a source on SeaWorld.org that talked about elephants. And it says that the oldest, most dominant female is called the matriarch. And the matriarch is the backbone of the elephant family. And she is because she provides stability and determines ranging patterns for the rest of her family. She helps them find water and food and all the things that they need. And the other females in the family unit are usually the matriarch's daughters and their offspring. The hierarchical ranking for these females is based on leadership, experience, and age. Generally, the older the female, the higher her ranking. It went on to say that males are primarily nomadic and they just wander from family unit to family unit. And this is so they can maximize their reproductive potential. With this system, a single bull can potentially find up to 30 mates in a year as opposed to fathering four calves in three years if he associates with just one family unit. And finally, the primary function of elephant family units is the protection and rearing of calves. Adult females cooperate in the assistance of calf movements, foraging, protection, and social experiences. And I want to emphasize this last sentence. Calf survivability greatly increases with an increased number of females taking care of them. They understand too that it takes a village to raise a child. And maybe even more important, it takes a village to support a mother. Some moms may require a large village, while others may only need a few people to lean on. Either way, I love that it's becoming more normalized to ask for help when you need it. There have been so many studies that have shown that mothers with strong support from their community have had lower levels of stress and have had a more optimistic approach to parenting and the challenges that presents. 
Some of the best mothering advice I've received is lower your expectations and then lower them again. (laughs) I've gained a huge amount of support and insight from the online community 3 and 30. Rachel Nielsen is the host of that podcast and she does a lot of other things within that community. Most recently, I took her course called Declutter Your Motherhood. And it was so great in just figuring out what my personal values are, how to get rid of shoulds and comparisons, how to make more room for joy, and just really owning my motherhood experience and wanting it to look like the way I feel like it should be. For me, not for anyone else. According to my values, my life choices, and the dynamics in my family. The Center for Disease Control conducted a research on postpartum depression, and they found that one in nine women experience postpartum depression. And I've shared before, too, that one in three people experience loneliness. I feel like regardless, we could do wonders if we just check in more on people. And while it's not our responsibility, it's something that we can do as a community to support and be that village for another person. Personally, I do really good at being there for and checking in on someone the week right after they've given birth or two or three. But after that is, I feel like when all the support goes away and it's not on people's minds or on their radar is something that is still incredibly beneficial. And this is true whether you've had one child, five children, none. I feel like anyone could just use a mental break, uh, no, a phone call. It's just a good reminder to just check on people. How are your neighbors doing? How are your friends? Chances are they need sleep. They need someone to watch their kids for a little bit. They would love some self-care time. Again, I feel like you can't do any wrong if you just reach out and see how someone's doing. But especially so after someone has recently had a baby. Recently being the first year, I would say. <laughs> I have also created a community for women, namely busy women trying to maintain their identity, and you are more than welcome to join. I figured I'd do a little bit of a deep dive into it so you can know what it looks like. It's my vision that all women of any age and stage will join because it helps women prepare to be mothers if they aren't, or if they have been mothers but their children have grown they can give that advice to those who are currently in the motherhood stage. I call this community of women the sunshine community, and there's a lot of plant motifs and growth and brightness just because we could all use a little bit of sunshine in our life and we are all growing. Why not grow together and help each other grow so they might not have to go through the same lessons that we do or we may be more prepared to go through them if we have some exposure or advice alongside it. As a member of the Sunshine community, each month you will get to A, attend an event, B, be a part of a group me chat, and C, check your mail regularly, your physical mailbox, and there's monthly snail mail that comes. Like I said at the beginning of this little introduction, I am trying to help busy women maintain their identity. Just like I talked about in episode K, knowing yourself, it's so important to keep that part of you so that you don't lose yourself in motherhood and that it just 
is part of your identity and not your whole identity. I had several women beta test the group to give me feedback and help me tweak it so it is better than ever and only $10 a month. I feel like the value of this community far exceeds any price to pay. Having you sign up and pay for this community helps you take it seriously and really deep dive into your identity and who you are as a person, and it helps me know where to focus my efforts and energy and time. Regardless of any other communities you're currently part of, you belong here. We need you. We need your strengths, your insight, your wisdom, and we hope that you too can gain all of those things from the women around you and that you'll have even more of a network to lean on and gain support from. If you'd like more information about the Sunshine Community, go to asforadversity.com boost. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and I will talk to you again next week. Next week's episode will be about networking within a community.